I still have breast milk in the freezer. My son is four, <laughs> but I'm like, you never know. You could put that shit on some pink eye at some point. I don't know. Like they say breast milk. Well, that's right. I mean, they say, you I don't donate know. Donate like, it to the hospitals. Well, it's one bag. I think they're good on the one bag. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's not like a plethora. Oh, you're as like really felt, on the one bag. Yeah, in the freezer. One bag of breast milk that I just won't use or, or just throw away. Like, it's, like say, I think it's time to let it go. I think. <laughs> I don't really know what to do. That. I'm like, should I take a bath in it? Will it give me back my youth? I don't know. Is it better than Botox? Can we inject we'll it? Rub it on your like, face at this point. People do semen facials now. I think the breast facial oh my wouldn't God. be as bad. That's, do not tell my husband that because he swears. Anytime I have like a cough, he'll, oh, are you sick? I have a cure for that. It's a cure for everything. As far as I love that. Yeah. Sean's the same way. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Thank but I'm you, also actually, like, yeah, why do people pay for semen facials? I mean- I can almost guarantee you, any woman, if you walk down the right alley, you could get one of those for free. Just saying. For free. Don't pay $200 for No. But also, like, where are they getting that sperm? Like, where are they getting it? That's what I'm saying. You know, I don't know. Me and my husband did journalism. Add that to the docket. Lex and I are going to start investigative journalism. Um, Add that to the docket. Thank you. And we. Actually, I don't know if I want to look into that. I actually don't think about it. There's, there are anyway. a few things I won't Google. <laughs> You're not. The FBI agent watching me is going to heavily judge me for that one. Anyways. anyways. Akatar. <laughs> oh, gosh. Longest podcast of your life. What's your favorite book of the series? From here to okay. Akatar. Uh, Akamath. Yeah. Okay. So here's my thing. This is the same thing with Throne of Glass. I love to watch people fall in love and relationships change. So Akamath is my favorite because I love watching the dynamic between Reese and Farrah change. Yeah. Um, but that's the same thing. So with Throne of Glass, Air of Fire, I would have said Queen of Shadows is my favorite because like that's when they fall in love. So when mm-hmm. I read it the first time, that's my favorite. But now that I, I know you're going to fall in love, I love Air of Fire. Like now that I already know the outcome, fire. so yeah. I would rather go back and do a reread of Era Fire than Queen of Shadows, because I would love to watch them fall in love. Now that I know where it ends, so like yeah. my first time through, I didn't love it as much, but now I love it the most because I get to watch them. I already know the, I know it's a good ending. So I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Like I I love Akamath because I fell in love, and then I, but the only other thing is I do love Akawar. I freaking this is 100% the 100% the eight in me I lived for favor going back and just decimating spring court like it felt like the sweetest vengeance that I've been waiting for since Akatar because I freaking hated Tamlin so much Akatar I'm like we're bringing this bitch down like I loved her accessing that part of her because she is so level-headed most of the time that I loved seeing her I'm not saying it's the most emotionally healthy. Okay. Like I'm not saying all the things, whatever. I'm not thinking he deserved no, it. No, we're whatever. saying I just, we, I thoroughly enjoy that. We see shit, that it's toxic and not yeah. necessarily psychologically sound, but yeah. she blew the <laughs> shit out acknowledge of it, But we also were saying we love it. Here's <laughs> for the thing. This is my values. preface for, this is my preface for Rowan being abusive. This is my preface for loving her decimating Supreme court. It's fiction. 
I get to lean into the fact that like, yes, this is technically emotionally toxic and she wasn't fully healed or what the F ever. She brought down a whole kingdom. Rowan maybe was tech, like, if it was real life, yeah, that's abusive. But like, it's not real life. And this is where you get to lean into like, maybe some of your like baser urges, you know? Here's like the great instincts. thing about fiction and fantasy. Um, you have a safe space space to explore these things in your mind yes. that don't actually affect anyone around you it's a, it's a, literally the perfect place to get out some of this stuff that you need to get out or experience it and her going back there and not just blowing up the kingdom turning all his people against him but also taking his best friend with her <laughs> was like yes this See, is a Lucian just stan. So- i think lucian 100%. is like well, now that I've seen some of this upgraded art of him, like the one I sent you the other day, you holy mother of art, and I was like, Jesus Christ, Elaine, what are you thinking? I w- Another reason why I, mean, I hate you, Elaine. Um, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Like, I'm not necessarily like into a blonde, but like, apparently, I have feelings about redheads, and I didn't know the about. redhead Lucian being the fox that he is. <laughs> oh my gosh, this <laughs> art. When you We're read Agatar, though, did you get, so there's a thing that people say when they first read Agatar, they didn't know if she was going to be with Tamlin or Lucian. Did you ever get that vibe between her and Lucian? Yeah. I mean, I never got the vibe that it would actually happen, but I definitely got like flirty vibes. Like but sexual I will tension? Say, yeah. I also, lo- well, because my thing is too with like these female characters is like, I love that she doesn't do first love, last love because this is just something like I, again, activate big sister mode where I'm just like freaking fairy hasn't been with anybody besides that guy in the barn or whatever the shit like we need to now you're in like the land of the fae you're gonna pick the first one you meet and like settle there the blonde one how dare you the blonde (laughs) in the field of grass like who didn't even do shit when you were like freaking stabbing a Midgard worm to death like meanwhile Rhysan was sending you love tunes through your cave and like and Lucian was thinking on down you. there. Lucian was thinking down there too. Lucian was always trying to get her a little bit more freedom. Like I love that. So to me, he's like, what is um, he's like the he's like the mark against me in this situation, you know? Yes. He's like, I just like he's not Caesar and thank God. <laughs> you know, like thank God. <laughs> and then Chamlin has his A2 Brute moment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just really mixing up my green tragedies right now, but it's fine. Um I love this. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's all in the vein, but like my favorite book was definitely I can map into Akasif, but from a Akasif romance is- standpoint, it's Akamath. I do love the Farah Reesan um, love story more than Cassie and Anasta, mm-hmm. but my type four Pisces is like the emotions in Akasif. Dude, the self-loathing that Nesta goes through is so freaking relatable. But it's, I mean, it was so real and it was in a point in time when I read it, because here's the thing, COVID was horrible and tragic, but if anything, when she released Akasif, like during pandemic and like mm. everyone was like at home reading this book, needed. we were all in a space where we were eating that shit up. It was perfectly timed. You know timed. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where people who don't read fiction or maybe, like, whatever, like, they don't get it. Like, this is where you just don't get how important books can be, how, like, much they can have, like, an impact on you. And, like, but what I think is so brilliant is this was a bitch. And, like, there wasn't really an explanation for it early on. She is. Through Do, and through. Right. And I feel like 
she was always protecting Elaine and she had motives to an extent. Like, obviously we don't, we don't fully know all her self-loathing for the first several books, but like, to me, it's just one of those things where like some of, some of us out there, women in general, like, again, leaning on the fact that like, I identify heavier with like a masculine energy, like it comes across as bitchy and like, for some reason that's not okay. Like, you know, to just be like, this is just my personality. I have to like, as a woman be softer and like, not to be like, just more like Elaine, I guess, you know what I mean? Like she's like the epitome of a feminine, whatever, everything. And so to me, it's like the 1950s housewife version. Right. But they essentially didn't have, I think was very relatable to everyone today. And then you have Nessa that's almost on like the polar opposite but there are so many Nessas in the world. Well, and Nessa was taking care of She was basically being her dad because the dad was like checked out. Favorite was handling her portion of things. And like, I feel like Nesta's like, okay, well, someone in this family has got to like the balls to like tell people to F off and like take care of shiz. And, and she's just processing it in a different way. For me being someone, I don't know if this is like an ADHD thing or what, but like the inner dialogue, um, especially like can be, very, very toxic, overanalyzing, very negative and criticizing. So to see that in someone like her, it was extremely relatable. Um, and we also have to remember, so like for me, Akasif didn't have a ton of like, like, it was kind of like its own thing. Like it didn't necessarily super tie in. And it like, you know, some people say like, oh, it didn't have much of a plot. Well, like that was the plot. The plot was like getting to see this other side of characters and it was never meant like originally I'm pretty sure like she wrote it as like her own version of fanfic you know what I mean so like and then she sent it to like an editor or something and then like she was like oh you gotta like friggin we gotta put this out there which thank god she did um but I, yeah, to me, so I it just felt like, like she she started Agassiz like you said almost like a fanfic or almost like a bonus scene of like to process Nesta or like writing certain chapters just to get a better feel for Nesta's uh, character profile and then so I'm a firm believer that writers have one or two characters that like they fully relate to like I think all your characters have a have a piece of you right like you create right. them in your head so like it always is a piece of you but I do firmly believe there's always like one or two characters in a series or in the whole you know uh span of a scope of their work that's like really them and I always when I finally read Nesta and Akasif I was like to me with the emotional value and that SJM put into Nesta it was the most realistic and the most like ugly like Nesta's story is ugly and it's raw but it's so real in this fantasy world so Taylor and I both believe that like I think she like fully relates to Nesta in a sense. You have to, to write what she wrote for Nesta. It's so realistic. Yes. And like, I was reading her acknowledgements of like, she actually went like on a hike to like hike this mountain and like that she wrote in the book, you know, like I think there's a lot of SJM in Nesta. And I do think it maybe started out as like a, character profile writing of like getting a better view an idea of who Nesta was but also she starts putting herself into it her own journey that she's going through when she wrote it but I also think somewhere in it whether it was an editor whether it was SJM herself of like 
to me, Akasif is the turning point that brought, oh, we could do a crossover. Mm. And then I think that's whenever she started bringing in more of like the plot points of like the history that she finds and like all these things. But to me, like, I don't think SJM wrote Akatar in the beginning of, or even Throne of, maybe Throne of Glass, because she does mention like Recent and Farah and Kingdom of Ash. But I really think it was because she already had Akatar and Recent and Farah. So she just kind of made a nod to them. And it was super small on her part in writing Throne of Glass because then she has the different realms. So she can do different worlds that ultimately do kind of connect in some way. Really I don't, possibilities open. Right. And I personally don't think she actually thought of a crossover until she did Akasif. Because when she released Akasif, she was already doing Crescent City. And I think she started out on a journey, like you said, with like Nesta. And then I think it was like, huh, what if we put in these things and we did this instead? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I I can totally see that. I think too, if she started intentionally and initially writing it as like fanfic and then um decided it was gonna be something published, then obviously like you go back in and add more and you see all this and I mean yeah I definitely can see and then even just like with Nesta going into the cauldron and I mean we've seen all those different fan theories and all these like random like connections and this and that and all these things that like I I mean I find it very very interesting and it also gives it more plot right it's not just Nesta's journey and Cassian's journey with her and their romance it gives it even more of like a connective tissue um so yeah, I can definitely see that. That basically we're Nesta, we're Nesta fans, in case you couldn't tell. Yes, definitely Nesta fan. Um, okay, so I have, that leads me to two questions. I don't know which one I want to ask first. Okay, so I think I'm going to address. Let me think. Okay, so first I'm going to say favorite bad boy, and then I'll I'll go from there. Yeah. My favorite is Cassian. Okay. And okay, so this one's hard. I for rank. Me. It would be Cassian, Resan, Azriel last. Well, I tag because we, we don't know like how Azriel gets Azriel gets exactly. down. We haven't really seen him in a romantic relationship, so it is kind of hard to like exactly. Say. And it's so also when, like gone so long that it's like not that I'm done with Cassian. Not that I'm done with Azriel. I'm sure when his book comes out, I will be like screw what I said, Azriel. Yeah, because I love a dark, moody man. Oh, right? Me too. <laughs> like, love him but it's also like it's been years and I'm kind of like well you have to almost check out (laughs) yeah you almost have to check out otherwise you'll feel like you're waiting forever so you almost have to kind of just like done with it in your mind move on and but then yeah like as soon as it comes back out as soon as his book comes out we're going to be like hot on it which I do have questions about his book too but okay so when I read Akasif this again just goes and and I'm not saying like oh we're just like oh we care about his sex but like it kind of leads into the same point. I thought, oh, Cassian's it. But to be fair, he gets the most and best of all the sex. And he is by far has like the hottest everything, right? So like, yeah. it's really easy to like be Cassian forever, never, never, Cassian. never, 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 <laughs> 100%. And I feel like if I'm just leaning into like what I read, oh, I loved like reading that. But I think if I'm like, again, making these people, these characters super real, Mm-hmm. like I just it, it always comes back to Reese for me because he's just like a, he's a leader me being such a strong female I'm like like female personality stuff I'm like I love that he's 
oh, so I feel like to me, how you had said that like Aylin's kind of like a Cassian. I feel like Aylin and Recent are the most alike. They are really? always a step ahead. Like they always have a plan that like no one else knows about. They're always a step ahead. And they're always like multiple steps ahead, honestly. They're self-sacrificing. You know, they, I'm not saying they're exactly alike. I'm just saying like most like in that way the of like a leadership there. role. Yeah. And like, I just feel like they also have both have like this complete alter ego that they can fully lean into and become, yeah. and they put the show on for other people. Um, but for me, like I just, I, which it has been pointed out to me by a close friend that I have an authority kink, <laughs> but I love a leader. I like, to me, it's always going to be like, I need the one that's in charge. Like as much as like Cassie is super, super hot and you just know Azrael's going to get down so good that I, I want to it- say in the live SJM already said that like Azrael will be the 30th most kinkiest of the three, which, okay. And to be fair, like, again, I don't feel like what she wrote of Reese and Feyre is like the full scope of what if they were real people with their personalities and what it would actually look it's like. It's not. She was getting it's just, her feet wet, and it it's was traditional way more publishing about appropriate the aspect yeah. of it than like. And the sex scenes are like trad publishing appropriate, right? Like we are used to right. KU smut. You you mostly don't find that in trad publishing. So super. She was writing smut still under a YA genre. Like Akamath is still yeah. a YA genre. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And like when she was doing Akasif, that was her, Akasif was technically her big announcement was Akasif was going to be her first NA. I didn't know any of that. So this is like very, also very good information for me as a mother who just like kind of lets her daughter travel into YA. (laughs) There are states that are like having legislation to get Akamath off like shelves in their states. But to me, that's not like an SJM thing. Like that's more of like the publication world and like what YA is and what it is it? Well, that's more like a state like, world, a state issue. <laughs> like, if that's yeah. what the state's doing with its time, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I do know that in Akasif, she also was supposed to, apparently she had written a threesome scene. Oh, and God, her I've editors this. made them take it out. Which, okay. So, obviously, we all know that's freaking horseshit blasphemy that we don't want. I know. But I also wonder if it wouldn't have complicated things going forward for like a, an Azrael book or made, you know, dynamic. like the way then there wouldn't me, be- she set up Nesta and then to me, it would have worked. Like, okay, but then how do you have the, so we have, okay, so this is kind of going to be getting ahead of ourselves, but like with the whole theory with Elaine and, um, and Azrael and um, what's his face? Okay, so I'm, I'm anti- Azrael and Elaine. I no, me too. But load of horseshit. It's obviously a, a dynamic that is, is right. there. And if the threesome had happened, you can't even have that dynamic. Like, but that's my can't, point. I don't even think we made the dynamic. <laughs> we don't need the dynamic, but obviously that's the direction she's going. And with that theory that we saw, it could play their relationship could play a large part in the next book if that theory is true. With what's that guy? What's the guy's name? The um, okay, yeah. So back Lex and I saw. Oh, I saw a theory and I sent it to Lex. And usually we're not. Lex and I are not. Big, no, I'm not. Uh, theory. We don't go looking for theories for guy guitar because definitely not. 
I just, it, it, I just want to let it unfold too much. I don't want to get too involved. And yeah, I just want to let it happen. Then I get like, I find a theory that I like, and then I'm like, this has to happen. But like, I'm not SJM. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And then I'm going to be upset. I did this yeah. with, uh, from blood and ash with the new book. Like I got hooked on a theory. It wasn't perfect the way I thought it was going to be. And then I had thoughts about it, but really that wasn't, it wasn't on JLA, whatever. It can, yeah. Side it tangent. can affect your perception of the book. Exactly. Sure. Thank you. So Lex and I are very much like sometimes we see these like theories on like TikTok and shit, and we're just like, oh my god, oh whatever. mermaids, nothing. Oh my god, the mermaids. <sighs> whatever. If I see one more Cassie mermaid, <laughs> I don't understand the mermaids, and I don't well, understand. I'm not mad at Actually, it. Actually, let me rant. Let me rant. I don't Before. understand the mermaids, even though I love the art. The art is fucking the beautiful. Gorgeous. I'm, I'm, gonna say, I'm not mad at the art. I'm or not mad at the Cassie art. with a tail. Exactly. I'm just like, and then I found out Barb's at uh, Sumpy Goat um, told me finally what this theory was. I had never heard it. Ash's real story is going to be like the Little Mermaid, and I just can't. Like, I can't handle it. It's but so, I told you why that I theory refused. came to be. I know, well, and like, I I don't. It's based on such can't. little. It's like people find such little tiny things and I they take can't. it so far. Because Akatar was loosely based on Beauty and the Beast, now everything has a freaking theory. what? Whatever. And I think whatever. Yeah, I think someone saw like she pinned something from The Little Mermaid in Pinterest, and that was One like picture. It has siren in it, and they went nuts. They took and Gwen having red hair, and they took it to Little Mermaid. <laughs> Which then somehow transformed into Cassie and being a mermaid. I don't. I, you know what? I don't know. Well, in the crossover with Farian, it opens up like you know the you know Crescent City. If you bring it all in, and they do have mermaids there and all this stuff. So like, or like maybe SJM is just like trying to write a king fan. And like it is what it is. Well, and Gwen's from somewhere. Like to be fair, Gwen is from another area. She was rescued. I, I, if she, maybe she is going to bring in a whole siren vibe. Down okay. for it? No, no, I'm not, I'm not down for a siren. Not down for it. <laughs> you don't want him to to crash a ship on her shores? No, I don't. I don't. Like, I, I don't. I, I wait. Really you don't want Asriel <laughs> to end up with Gwen Orly? No, 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 no. I want Asriel to end up with Gwen. I don't need sirens and mermaids to come into Akatar. We oh, have okay, enough okay. Yeah, we're yeah, working yeah, with. Much. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, need for sure. To bring yeah. that well, into- and if there was, I feel like if there were mermaids, we would already know because it would have been like in day court or something. Thank you. Or summer court. Exactly. Like, we've seen yeah. polar bears. We've seen oh, <laughs> firebirds. A, that is very underrated, too. That scene in Akawar when they bring in <laughs> all the, the winter animals. Fantastical of it all. That it gives me underrated. very strong, like, um, Narnia, Narnia vibes. vibes. Narnia. Yeah. And I'm just like, but cause I don't think I really fully took that in the first time I read Akawar. And I was just like, I just recently did a reread and I was like, wow, that's like, again, more reasons why I want more novellas or something. I want to explore these other courts so bad. They're freaking fantastical. I love it. So basically I know that well, I, said I don't buy into theories cause you just saw it. Didn't this is what happens did you see what just happened to us right now we literally spiraled yeah, that's why but we did yeah. see this one theory that i sent her that actually made a lot of sense to me and i was like yes. okay i could see this and it was about how do you say it 
Koshay. 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 Yes. And I was going to just, you know what I was going to say? This is like, I'm not trying to do inside jokes. But I was literally thinking like, Shoshi. <laughs> That's all I could picture in my head. Shoshi. That's for another reference. episode in the future. Koshay. Yeah. <laughs> Koshi. But yeah, Koshi. 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 Whatever. You know who we're talking about if you've read the books. Basically, it was a theory that Elaine, he's like basically possessed Elaine in some way when she went to the cauldron because her dad, their dad, made a deal deal that we already know about, but we never knew what the deal was to get uh, Vasa Vasa. out of. the word like uh, off her leg <laughs> right off her leash <laughs> um, and so the theory was he made a deal regarding elaine she's now like somewhat possessed with uh koshi kosha whatever you want to call him um and so basically it it brings in evil elaine um <laughs> which i'm here for here for I need her to be evil. I don't care if she dies. I don't care if she like goes back to being great. Um, but also that brings in the Azrael thing we're talking about. Um, yeah. We also learn Akasif. I have a flow chart. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, please, because I've only read Akasif once, and it was on release day. So you you oh, might wow. have your notes can carry me through here. Something about Koshe and Azrael. Okay, so he does. So I, oh gosh, I feel like I'm going to really mess this up, but like there is something to do with like the shadows that, that Azriel knows something that Koshe wants. Yes. And then there's also this like correlation between the shadows as well. So Koshe has shadows, I believe as well. Azriel has shadows and then Azriel's shadows, like they turn away from Elaine. well, yeah, but Elaine, but, they all, but, but Koshay's like, there's the, so the first thing Whatever you see Koshay is, that shadows, is the shadows don't like. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the, his shadows turn away from Koshay, which you see first, they turn away from something else, but then they also turn away from Elaine. And so that was kind of like where that was going. Koshay's in Elaine. That's why they turn away. And that's why he's in the epilogue. When Gwen comes along, the shadows want to be around Gwen. They like, oh, they're like, her, they dancing dance around. Yeah. They're like, oh they're my all God. <laughs> Yeah, and so which I thought I thought was really really cute. But one thing I'm not really sure how are we going to get around the fact that like he regifted that necklace. Like I'm sorry, that's going to come back and haunt him. But ass. you know what I love though? I love some good like everyday drama. Oh, it just it gives me so much anxiety. But also when that like, happened, Azrael, I was like, like Azrael, no. Are you, are you that dumb? Are you that freaking dumb? How old are you? You're like 500 years old, right, bro? Like, come on. You never Why, had a girlfriend. I can't, I can't wait. I honestly okay, so cannot wait for it my what I'm excited about so we all don't we say we call it Azrael's book or we call it Elaine's book because we just assume of the three and three that it's got to be one of them what I my theory or my not my theory but like my thought process is if the book is focused around Azrael you can tie up way more loose ends with it being kind of more centered on Azrael than Elaine because so with Azrael's love interest you have Elaine Gwen and more and don't even get me started on more i can go I on a tangent but so we also have a lot of other open ends we have lucian and helian kind of an open end we have i kind of want like more. lucian eris and oh. Vasta to have like a threesome okay. oh my god <laughs> no what lucian 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got really confused for a second. Like, okay, until so, until Elaine comes to her senses and she sees a thirst trap he's posting on Instagram, then like I'm here for it, you know? Yes, but I feel like okay, so we have these open ends, right? We have Moore and Emery is kind of an open end. We have we don't know what's going on with Eris. Like, there's an open end there with him and Moore. Like, I we know there's so much Eris. We'll circle back. And then Continue. we have the Lucian Helian thing kind of open. So my whole plot diagram that I did with like the bubbles like you do when you're in fifth grade was Asriel has connections to Elaine and Gwen and Moore and Moore has connections to both Emery and Eris so we wrap all that up and then Elaine has is connected to Lucian obviously which then can help you resolve the Lucian Helian and then we have the As Gwen thing and like that can be solved so it's like Asriel being the center allows you to access all of these other broader stories and like tie up much more loose ends now that's obviously taking out of con- out of consideration the crossover that's happening in present city like this is literally just focused on Akatar. like focusing on elaine yes you can la- resolve some of this but like you don't really have a means like fo- to resolve these other aspects as much whereas if like yeah. you kind of like put as at the center of it i All right, really now let me to see- now let me throw a wrench in your whole plan okay what if gwen's story it's centered around Tamlin. Have you heard the theory that Gwen is really Tamlin's daughter? No. Okay, so in Axif, Gwen talks about how her mom got pregnant at a celebration. It, it refers to Calamine. So then the theory is, wait a minute, but she has red hair. So then people are like, Remember that one time Lucian subbed in for Tamlin? <laughs> hey, put me on coach. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think the timeline works out there. No, um, yeah. but the theory but is. But who like knows if he did that before? She is Tamlin's daughter, and there is apparently a like a fairy tale called Tamlin or Tam or something, and it's about a father and a daughter, and so people are theorizing. Gwen will be his daughter and that will be his redemption arc is like through Gwen. I would love that. I would love that. I'm not, I've never heard that, but I would actually love that. I would, I, um, so I what I was going to say, I would love, well, you can quite a finish. Cause I was going to say what I want. So to what if that's Gwen's story is with Tamlin and like the redemption arc. What if Elaine has her like evil Elaine, Cochet, whatever. We don't really know kind of open and did like she may die, but she also may get her own book later on i think maybe with the crossover or something there is a theory going around which you will probably know better because you've actually finished crescent city spoiler alert crescent city bringing it in even though we said we wouldn't here we go there is now a theory saying that azriel is actually going to be mated to bryce because of the star power and the swords Mm. and he has the truth teller Right. He has like what we're theorizing the brother slash sister sword to what she the starborn, right? So now and that does saying, kind of tie into a lot of people feeling like Hunt isn't it, even though they're technically mates. People are saying that Hunt is probably gonna die. I don't know. Um well because here's the thing again, we're uh, we're not here talking about Crescent City, but I'm just saying please don't like I'm done. I'm exhausted. <laughs> multiple love interests like i'm exhausted <laughs> the third series i can't trust not her. multiple love interests. like i can't and i'm exhausted so i need hunt to be in game and i need to work out 
With that being said, people are saying that Hunt is going to end up whatever, however Crescent City 2 ends. I know something with like death camps or whatever. I don't even know. Something happens where he goes evil or like he gets his memory swiped or something. I don't know. Don't tell me. But okay. something happens with Hunt. He's going to like torture Rune at some point. I don't know. <gasps> and then they're saying he's going to end up dying. When they do the crossover, Bryson and Azriel are actually going to be mates. Hmm. Well, we I, said we were not going to do theories, and here I, I am. Like, this is why I can't because I go down a rabbit hole. And it stresses me out. So, for me, I have I'm anxiety not super, stomach over it. Yeah. I'm, too invested. I'm, I'm not invested in Azriel with any specific person. So, I'll say that. I oh, do I think Gwen. I need him and Gwen to be together. I loved him, like, you know, helping her out on the roof and his little, I think he's gentle enough that he would be good for someone like Gwen who's like barely experienced sunshine in the last trillion years. Um, but I so think I mean, Gwen like, yeah. is going to be like an elite. Like, she is calm and like quiet and whatever, but she's also going to have this like strength about her that's Open always up to present. me, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yes. I agree. I agree. Um, I think, but I'm like fine with whatever happens. Like I'm not so tied into it that I'd be devastated if it didn't happen. Um, so like in that sense, I could be open to like the craziness that you just said. I think the only thing, I think the thing that people keep coming back to with Hunt is look, SJM can make you love anyone she fucking wants to. She could turn around and make us love Tamlin again if she wanted to. Like she has the power and her writing capabilities to make we've us seen do whatever it with Lorcan, We've seen it with Kale. Yeah. We've seen it with Nesta, her biggest work yeah. of art she's done. Yeah, she can make us feel whatever she wants. And the fact that so many of us don't love Hunt as much as like we have loved everybody else that is a ultimate forever mate, it does make me feel a little uneasy. Like that's the only thing, like that the fact that I'm not so dead- like, it's not that I don't like Hunt or I feel anything negative about him. I just don't care. And feel the fact that, that I don't care. Yeah, I feel like the fact that I don't care as much as I care about so many other people that she's made me care about, it's intentional. And I feel like we saw her do that with Tamlin, where, like, he was great in Akatar, like, to an extent of, like, enough people like, were falling for Tamlin's in game at Akatar. Yeah. And <laughs> I so I feel like... Roll. But you but she didn't make you love him as much as now that we've seen all these other books but we know she can make you love someone right. and she i feel like she knows how to hold back just enough that like we don't fall to pieces when it doesn't turn out the way we thought it was going to so like it, i'm not saying that i like necessarily believe any of the theories but there is this lurking suspicion in the back of my mind that makes me slightly worried when it comes to hunt like that he's not going to be endgame also the fact that they are technically yes they're mates like they or whatever i'm sorry spoiler we already we already claimed it sorry (laughs) no i'm talking about you sorry they like oh no i already know like i already know okay i figured because you said you gathered a bunch of things but like they're i'm also so over it and exhausted again with crescent city i'm exhausted so like i don't even care well, and I think the fact that they're mates, but like, then we also know that they're not even like their original species is like, they're not from this planet. They're not from this or whatever, this world, this universe, whatever it is. They're not originally from there. The realm. <laughs> yeah. They're from different places. Bryce and Hunt are. And, but Bryce and Azrael would be from the same place because exactly. if, if Rune is from where Reese is from, then Bryce is from there. Right to a degree at least enough to where she could be mates with someone from there and like how strong could a mating bond be if you're not originally from 
that place. And in, and I don't remember because I haven't done a reread of Presence today. I only read it the one time. I feel like in that book, the mate thing is way, way, way less common than it is like at, in you don't even Akatar touch world. on mates in Crescent City number one. I've done two rereads. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't even come into play at all. So I think it's like one of those things where it's like, it's not very common in Crescent City world. And I think a Correct. big part of that could be because uh, these are, this is a conglomerate of species from all over that the Asteri has, you know, brought here, you know, or whatever. Whereas like the Akatar world is more like. Just fakes. It's just like, it's like a, a just singular species. Shifters and witches. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the species is a little bit more like dialed in or like straight line where reason mm -hmm. and they're from. And therefore, like it could make it makes more obviously the people are mating like crazy over there. Like it, it happens to everybody basically. Like you're just waiting around until your mate shows right. up. Um, whereas like that's not the case in Crescent City. So I could see that, like just to lend my thoughts and credit to that theory. But again, I try not to get into theories because one, I don't have a lot of time to be like, just like Googling crap all over the place, but also because like, I will get like fixated on something. And then if it doesn't happen, I'm disappointed. I, yeah. And also it's like, I really just try my best to just let this shit unfold, you know, let her take me on the ride so that I'm not so far ahead of myself waiting for the thing I thought was going to happen to happen and missing what is actually happening. If yeah. that makes sense. So final, final thought. Do you think, yes or no, do you think tampon is redeemable? Uh, yes, but I in death. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, like a sack of self-sacrificing in the, end, kind of like a, the end of that war, like when he finally gave, you know, uh, fair what she wanted, that was like a step uh, and then he like ruined it, but whatever. So I feel like um, I was that way until I heard the theory about Gwen. And then I was like, that could be really, but see, this is the thing you're asking me a question based on actual books and then a theory can Instead mess with your, your, theory, thought, your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like, that's the thing with theories is like, it can mess with like your opinion on like what's actually written, which I mean, obviously these are fiction books, but like what's actually written is fact as far as we're concerned, whereas theories, you know, you can't like let those theories come in and mess with your your pool here. Of, I just think like, it's going to be really sad if tampon dies i don't know as as you know i'm a huge well, and like i do hate tampon but i call him tampon <laughs> clearly i hate him um but like the other side of me is like he's just a miserable human being mm, or i feel he's like a miserable fay and it's like at what point he is in turmoil right now and especially like you saw that in act one act sip like he is completely gone to like the b-side like he is just like fuck this shit he's let his kingdom go to shit mm -hmm. um and he I has responsibilities good, yeah he's not a good leader and he's, he's not and he's responsible overly, for those things yes the things that you have that you can and that are within your control and that you can take care of and you're not so for me so at first I was like in the camp of like, no, Tam Tamlin's not redeemable for like a long time then. So I reread Akamath all like all the time. That's like one of my comfort rates and Akawar wasn't for a long time. But then recently I did that reread and I realized how many little things I missed out on. So one thing that I, that really changed my mind about him was, well, Akawar in general, but when the cauldron takes a lane mm -hmm. and Feyre and Asriel go rescue her, Feyre is carrying the other girl, the other girl they rescue. Yeah. 
and she's trying to use her wings for the first time. And the only reason why she makes it across the abyss is because Tamlin gives her a breeze and carries her across. And something about that just really did something for me. I don't know why it really changed something to me. I think it's a little thing that I forgot about. Um, and I just Tamlin feel is going to be the kale of Akatar. Like, yeah. yes, he's Faye, but he has these like human qualities that he does. Like, at the end of the day, if I was in Tamlin's shoes and like some hot, dark haired, freaking charismatic motherfucker, Reese Hand, who's perfect, took my girl after years yeah. of plotting whatever, and like I finally found love and I finally saved my kingdom and everything's going great now. It's a human quality of like it's jealousy. It's all these things. And these I think I just key moments he does the right thing. It's so human yeah. that I'm like, okay, empathy. Basically, I'm not excusing him though. I do think he's redeemable. I would like to see though him kind of die just because he is so miserable that like I don't know. Well, I think like multiple things. I don't think I don't think. This is going to be kind of like a hot take. I don't really feel like Tamlin ever really loved Feyre that much. I think he loved the idea of her. He didn't I love agree. her for who she was. He didn't see her the way that Reese sees her. He saw what he wanted to have. First of all, he saw means to an end originally. I think when he like took her originally. Oh, he means definitely to an used end. her in Akatar. Like yeah. manipulated and used her in Akatar. But he never saw her for who she was because if he would have truly seen her or heard her, he wouldn't have done all the shit he did. And so you can't really love someone that you don't truly know that way. They didn't know each other. They, the he was never able was very to bring much, down the walls and be vulnerable with her. Ever. Never. And he, she's letting her throw up in the bathroom by herself. He knows she's having all these nightmares and he's not walking through any of yeah. that with her. He and if he had truly, he can't. Yeah. And so it's, and I feel like maybe there's like some level of like guilt and responsibility for the fact that she's experienced everything she experienced for him. So I just feel like he loved the idea of having this like, queen and this you know and i am what i was creating and she out saved of her. the kingdom like i planned and now it's all gonna work out yeah exactly <laughs> it's very it's idealistic and so for me i feel like while i don't hate him just the same as i didn't i don't hate kale i don't see that there is there being something that when you say redeemed like that is a like a true turnaround of something i feel like the only way for him to truly be redeemed is either have like this whole like re- realization of all of that or literally just like to die in a, I, I really do feel like the only way for him to be truly, truly redeemed to the truest like core of what that word means is to be, is to sacrifice himself for because the greater it's a good moment of, of total of selflessness when he's been one exactly. of the most selfish characters exactly. in the book. Took the words right out of my mouth. Exactly. All right. Well, wait, I want to address the blowjob scene. I, I never even thought about this. It oh, literally, I did not even, yeah, I never, so a you lot of people up? have issues with this scene. And it's never even crossed my mind. A lot like of people I never... have issues with this scene. Um, and Akawar, uh, they're like- I have to say that my like... dad asked if he could listen to this this podcast because he loves podcasts now. <laughs> and, he, and I told him I was record, recording. I was going to be on a podcast for the first time. He's like, oh, awesome. Can I listen to it? And I'm like, absolutely not. I literally just- dad, like, can, I talk, um, can, can we talk about the, the podcast scene? now? <laughs> this is your sign to exit the building. <laughs> If there were, if there weren't any more spoiler warning, like I'm down for like we for most of this, but when the words blowjob come out of my mouth, that's that's my limit. There's some things you cannot come back from, and that's one of the things I think. Yeah, but my grandma also follows my Bookstagram account, and she's probably going to want to listen to this. So 
But I, but I feel like grandma's like totally different. Okay. You know, I'm more I feel like okay grandma's like put in her time. She, yeah, she's fine. a mature lady. She she can handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the fandom has a really big uh, issue. Not like all the fandom, like 50-50 most, uh, which is interesting because you also see this happen in From Blood Nash as well with the carriage scene. Uh, ah, yes. The which I feel like they're two different battle, things though. Yeah, the battlefield uh, scene and people are like, oh, the battlefield in Akawar, like they're in the tent and like all of a sudden in the state of chaos and blood and death, she's just going to like have, she's going to go down on him. Like what the fuck? But wasn't the wasn't the bullet job like at night, like when they were like resting no. in between battles? Okay, so yeah, right. It was. I see no problem. You know what I think? Wait. I think um you could die tomorrow. Um, let's like get it on while we can. Thank you. So that was when that's the one they're talking about, though, right? Is that when they were like yes. kind of like resting and he's just like all passed out, exhausted? Yes. So I wonder why people. I would love to ask somebody like, what is your direct issue with this? Is it like? I'll, because I'll send, you, I'll send you the Facebook post. I'm like, well, I'm super curious, like the thought process of like, is it like a? It's more of it, like is, a, inappropriate contextually. Yeah, it's or is more it of like a? Oh, this would never happen. Like, are you kidding? Okay, so it's not like oh, she she's like serving him by giving him a blowjob or something. It's not no, that. No, no, it's, it was more it's the of context like of the situation. Of like, um, this would never happen. Like, oh yeah, you're just gonna like go down on whatever. Like during all of this, okay. um, I would. 100% okay think about this like and I don't know if these are people who maybe like like I think about when this is about to get super personal that's fine we're just gonna go here Dad, like we think about exit exit now um I don't know this is no this is not the father um I think about like some of the more in- emotionally intense situations that like like me and my husband have been through or whatever like when you're in a very, very intense romantic relationship like that, like sex isn't just, it's not just like sex, right? It becomes this no, like- it's not the act. A relief, an expression, a, like it just it's becomes intimacy. so, it's, it's a way to be intimate when like, we're not going to also sit down and just have a little like nice little chat about, so how are you feeling about killing thousands of people today? Like, right. it's just a way to like be present, be physical, feel close, um, express like, turn off, some emotion, turn it off for a second go there, let your brain disappear and just, you know, do this thing. And then like, so I, in that sense, feel like it also for Feyre, I feel like it's a great like moment of like, she's doing whatever she wants. This is a total freedom. She's like, there is power in like, we read that in so many books and like seeing what you can do to someone else. And like how you yep. can kind of feel like a sense of control. And when you're in utter chaos, like she's never experienced this, like, wouldn't you want to find some semblance of control? They're both very much experiencing this awful thing together. together. And it's a moment where they're able to be like, my favorite moments are when we're able to experience the hard thing together and lean into each other, not mm-hmm. be mad at each other or resent each other or any of those things. Cause like all that stuff's natural and it happens. But my favorite moments are when we're able to like, look at each other and be like, wow, this is awful. I'm like, yeah, this freaking sucks. And like, you're leaning into each other intentionally rather than, you know, whatever retreating or whatever. And I do, I understand like, oh, it sucks, whatever. But like, I think especially Sarah being a married woman, like she gets that to a degree of like, or not to a degree, I don't know what degree, but she gets that in the sense of like, sex is a, is sex, but it's also like deeper intimacy, especially in like a very emotionally charged moments can be like super, super cathartic. 
But sometimes so me, I find that like, sometimes you're so exhausted from the actual thing you're going through that like, yes, communication and like verbal communication is- It'll happen. So important. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not. But when you're with someone, a partner, and you're at that level, it's nice whenever- you're both going through something and sometimes you're just too exhausted to actually sit down and like, it's not the right time. Fully go through to do that. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, can we both just like lean into the moment? Like you were saying, and like actually be in the moment of like hurt or be in the moment of chaos or be in the moment of whatever it is, war with Akatar. Yeah. Like, and like, just have a moment, a, a selfish moment to ourselves of like, let's have time out. And like, let's just and turn you're it off coming for a together. Second, yeah. Together. Yeah. We're still and together. I we're still loving each other without having to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like for me, too, which, is intimacy, which is intimate. That is what it is. is. It's just, sort of, it's like a physical reminder of like, I'm still here. I'm still with you. We will have to talk this through. We'll process it. But this, it would almost be, it's more inappropriate to think and expect them to have that conversation right then and there than for that to experience. And I feel like when right. you, people compare it to like the carriage thing with Poppy and um, Castile, it's different. Look, I feel that, like that was that scene. I'm sorry, that scene was a power move on Poppy's end. She said, "Fuck this bitch. Yeah. I just killed you." The ultimate power move. I'm gonna fuck on your ashes. In my opinion, I thought that it was a like, bad bitch. And that is like a different thing. It's like a war. Like that's Poppy and Castile hopped up on all kinds of psycho crazy adrenaline and they're yes. just gonna tear each other apart it's different I'm it's different here for it yeah because they the were in the war. this fact that like, people were like this would be so unrealistic are you sure because i don't think so well you want to know what else is unrealistic like fey wars i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> what else sacrificing a virgin um, the ascended right. fighting the vampires yeah. fighting vampires vampires yeah. and zombies it's, it's are also fighting. Unrealistic. that's also unrealistic so, Again, maybe we're overthinking a little bit about the fiction and just need to lean in and enjoy it a little bit. I feel like it's realistic for the setting. It's Game of Thrones level realistic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is what it is. And so I feel like maybe I'm overly drawn. If anything, I feel like I'm overly emotionally identifying or overly explaining, giving too much to like the scene with Farah and Reese and these people are also doing too much on the opposite end of like expecting and you know what realistic. at the end of the day sometimes it's just that like um you're horny and you want to give your man a blowjob sometimes that's all there is that's absolutely a thing at the end of the day <laughs> sometimes you just want to feel like a bad bitch and bring your man to his knees sometimes that's just all there is absolutely and I feel like you know Reese is literally one of the most beautiful people to ever exist and he's just sprawled out past on the tent I, I mean know. I'm not mad at you Feyre you're a human well, Why you're not, but you know dying? why it's, just, it's right there for me what are you gonna do you know here's another hot take um farah's actually a horrible artist this is my favorite theory ever i don't get the point of this theory but i think it's funny okay okay i'm gonna send you tiktoks and you're gonna lose it people have made tiktoks of like when farah goes to the cabin and she first of all the fact that this bitch goes to a cabin that's not this paints all over it that has so much sentimental value to everyone in this inner circle that she's been brought into that has taken her in. She has the audacity to show up in a fury and paint all over the walls. And my, I'm going to send you so eyeballs. eyeballs. They have TikToks of like finger painting and it's like more being like, 
oh yeah, that's beautiful. And there's like TikToks of like Reese coming in and be like, don't laugh. Do not fucking laugh. Like Cassie and Azra is like, don't do it. And they're like, this is great. And it's like, to me, that is the most hysterical theory that like, she's really a horrible artist. But Rhysand is such a like, you go girl guy that he's like, you, yes, honey, you got this. You're it. beautiful. Like you are so talented and really she's horrible. I, so uh, Kevin books, she's the one that does all of the reels, like where she plays and pretends to be the inner circle <gasps> there. It's freaking hilarious. Well, she she just my, did I, one I the other day. I casted as Cassian. I, I will sign the petition. She's hilarious. And she posted one the other day where Nesta is like throwing a fit that she doesn't have like a portrait up but then she sees a portrait and she's like never mind never mind never mind like I take it back that plays into my theory like she's actually a horrible artist that must be where she got that but I I mean when you see the TikTok it's gonna be funnier yeah I think it's just funny I mean I I think I I think Farrah is gonna actually be horrible painter and like recent is just the ultimate hype man but then she in one of the books we didn't talk about was Frost and Starlight. And she like opens up a whole like clinic for like all these people to like do therapeutic art. But again, I I, I think she's horrible. And like, the right. Whole she doesn't have like, to be oh, good. She, she could just be. She, she saved the rainbow districts. <laughs> Therefore we'll support her. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And they're just like, oh, oh bring and Reese is out there secretly like tired Cassie. And can you imagine like Cassie no. and Andrew are out there like secretly recruiting people like bring your kids <laughs> over here. Hey, Literally, you like, I'll pay you kids. to go be her student. I'll pay you. Like, oh my God, you I can totally see like, Okay, we've watched New Girl and there's that episode where they go out to look for like, they're trying to hype up Winston to be yes. when he's doing his background investigation. So they go out to yes. look for the little kid. Yes. So I can totally see Cassie out there like talking to look, hey, little kid. Hey, you want to have some fun? You want to go and see some paint? You want to see what like? Come here. That's I got what I imagine. And, and I all the kids it. are like, stranger danger. I'm going to take off because Cassie's like, hey, good little kid. Come with me real quick. I got some candy and some paint. You want to come over here and have some fun? And like Nix is like low key, like super embarrassed by his mom, but like he also buys into it and like can't tell her that. Like, He's like, Mom, stop paying me all the time. Mom, Jesus you can't come to school with me mom. anymore. <laughs> like, please stay home. I can't. That's like my daughter. I use like the lingo, like sus and like all these other words that like is um, sus still cool? I finally and, like, got around to like learning sus and now I love to use it but I think it's already like left the building well I don't understand why she was throwing a big fit about me saying sus because I'm like isn't sus just short for suspect and I feel like I know how to use that word why that's am I, am I, thought, I using yeah. this wrong like I don't know you're pretty sus like that feels like that's, that's just the way I use, how it. You're supposed that, to use it is that not what the kids are doing these days I don't know because we also have the same conversation over how to use the word canon so obviously I'm not we really don't know what canon means oh if you know what canon means can you please sign to our dms and let us know because um we really don't know what canon means so like when people walk around saying like this is canon this is like okay this is new like this is canon for I mean I don't even even know how to use it at this point like now I've like I've said it so many times it doesn't feel like a word yeah I need you all to go tell me what canon means thank you um yeah yeah she used it and I used it um I want to hear your theory on Eris. Oh, okay. Yeah. So going back to my Azrael bubble chart, um, Eris is, I feel like sleeper hot. First of all, also found art of him was like a whole buddy. Um, obviously there's something more going on there. Obviously something happened with what went down with more. And I'm not saying he's not like in fault of something like he left her there, but like, something clearly happened 
we know he's he's trying to like dethrone Baron, and he's kind of got to play it like low key, close to the vest. Um, and he has said multiple times, like you don't know anything, you only know what so and so told you, like whatever. Like so, he's alluded to the fact that like way more went down with that. I feel like outside of the shit that went down more, Eris, his whole vibe is like hot AF. So I don't have any theories necessarily as far as like um, who he ends up with. Although I would be, I have said this before, I would be down for him to end up with Elaine. Um, I oh, really? Okay, so here's my thing. I don't like the idea. Personally, if I got to choose, I would love the idea of Elaine ending up with nobody. Except for I would like I I said the that uh, idea that um, there has to be a death coming soon. And I swear to God, if she kills Cassian based on Elaine's permission, <laughs> I will riot in the streets. I don't um, think she could do that. Oh my God. She's never done anything that in the streets. But then also another like masochistic side of me is that, you know, Elaine has this vision. I forget exactly what she says, but Cassian's like, it'll take more than kill me. And Elaine's like creepy. Like, no, it won't. Like she clearly knows how he dies or that's what she alludes yeah. to but also the masochistic side of me is like what if Cassian does die and then Nesta comes back like full-on death bitch and is like gonna raise hell I mean that'd be rad to see I wouldn't be mad but again that. if Cassian dies I would raise hell um I do think there is a death coming though and I think because she missed the boat with Amarin I do think maybe Amarin should have died in war. I think she can't. Um, well, if she's doing this crossover situation now, I don't think she can die. Because exactly. That's what that. I think. I think Akawar into Akasif, she started plotting the crossover in some way or like had the idea. Yeah. And she left the idea open. Um, but because she missed the boat with Amarin, um, I, <gasps> what if think, she- I think either Cassian's going to die, but I really, I would love if Elaine died. I oh, okay. honestly would. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not really against And anything. even if Elaine died, you could still have Nesta coming back as being death bitch because- Absolutely, it still works. is so like, you know, Elaine is like yeah. her girl. Like, her, yeah. She's so protective over her. I could also see that coming into play. I, I love the idea of, you know, we like to see, we're, we're going to use Throne of Glass of like our thing. So we, we see different types of relationships. We talked about Kale and Dorian, how that was actually their main relationship, even though they- you know, Kale ends up with Irene. I really feel like his main relationship was still Dorian. I feel like Lucian's main relationship may end up just being Kelian, like, and going there. And like, I feel like what he deserves more than anything is like a good family. And I feel like Kelian doesn't have that either. And I would love to see that whole thing play out and like some kind of bonding. And then Kelian, and then Lucian has like his whole own core. He's an heir. Kelian has an heir to like pour into and like all that. Like, I love that whole idea. Um, yeah, so, like, with Eris, I don't really, like, have a ton of theories. I, I personally like him, like, especially going back through Akawar and stuff, like, I really, I'm into him and into seeing, like, but he could totally just be, like, kind of what we said about Manon and Dorian, where, like, he takes over, you know, Autumn Court and, like, makes it better, and, because, you know, him and his brothers and his dad are so shitty, but so, what do you, what is that face? Oh my gosh. What? My theory on Eris. I also love Eris. I, I think he's like a sleeper character and in yeah. the next couple books, he's going to like really shine. Yeah. But then who would be his person? Do you think we're going to get a new person? I know. I don't, I don't have theories of who he ends up with. Mm-hmm. 
I think Eris, this is my own personal opinion. I think Eris and Moore actually mates. Okay. But as we know in Akatar world, you don't have that doesn't necessarily mean you like yeah, end up with anything. Your mate. Yeah. I it doesn't mean Eris you like your mate. Or mates. And I think he whether it was right, wrong, his own way, I think what he did to Moore, I think there's so much more <laughs> to that story. Yeah. Um, um and I think it was it's almost like pulling your resand. Like yeah, I just get thing that. to like get her out of there in like his own twisted way. Yeah. And I think he's really going to play a key role in being the good guy. And I think he's going to be the guy that kind of like maybe plays both sides that you can't really trust him. Like the inner circle doesn't really trust him. Yeah. Do. And I don't know who's going to end up with, um, but I do think Eris and Moore are really mates. And I think he knows that Moore is as what we assume now is like a lesbian. Right. Um, yeah or bisexual or whatever yeah. you want to term it. Um, I think Eris knows that about her and respects it in like that way to where he wow. knew we can't be together, that I'm going to get you out. And he did it in the only way that he saw. And the, I think, I think Eris is going to play the long game. I think Eris is going to play a long game and that's going to happen. This also leads into my rant about more. I think more needs to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I see what maybe SJM was doing and making a relatable character out of more. Um, but the only reason I had an issue with more was when Akasif came along with Nesta and the inner circle, which we can then go into the inner circle and like that whole realm. But to me, whenever Nesta came along and she was only 20 something years old and gone through this traumatic event in her life, to me, more the inner circle awful. and more particularly had mm-hmm. a lot to say about how she yeah. handled that, how she couldn't get over it, how she couldn't own her shit. Then you get into the whole more thing. And it's like, I think there is something going on. One, I don't think anyone in the inner circle knows what like actually went down with her and Eris. And I think she's been keeping that a secret. Yeah, I agree. All the things with Azriel and like kind of using Cassian in the middle of that. Yeah. I think it's just, you've had, you know, 500 years to get through your shit yeah. and you still haven't yeah. gone through it. How dare you look at Nesta at 20 years old yeah, and say, yeah, get over it, grow up. That's mm-hmm. the only time I like, because in Akatar, Akamath and Akawar, I loved more. I thought she was like one of the best characters. I, I loved her. I thought she was very fun until all that stuff came about. And then I was like, you know what more? No, like you need to start growing up a little bit. Like we need to start processing and doing the work and going through. And I think Emery is going to play a really big role in that for her, which I'm excited to see. Me too. Um, But that's my thing with Eris and more. And then like all of that. Which this leads me to, I lost my train of thought for a second. So Oh, okay. Yeah. So something that I find really interesting is with the inner circle and we all see it one way for several books and then Akasif comes along and we, we see a whole different aspect. We see people like, oh, we all have Cassian. I hate Reese. Like all these other things. I hated Reese. I hated Reese and Akasif, but that was the point. Thank you. Okay. So that's what I was going to get to. So like, I think what people miss so much is this book is from Nesta's point of view, Cassian's point of view, and it's meant to do that. Like again, SGM doesn't do this stuff on accident. 
And you have to be conscious of the fact that like, this is all being viewed through Nesta's lens, just like we were viewing Nesta originally through Farah's lens, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, anybody that tells me they thought Nesta was a shit in the first two books, like, no, I'm sorry, you're full of crap. Nobody saw what was coming for Nesta. She was horrible. Uh, she was horrible and nobody saw it coming. No one saw Akasif coming. And so to me, I very much feel like we are seeing Reese through Nesta's lens, which is you think you're so much better than me because again, Nesta's is very, her inner critic is insane, which is another reason why the shit that Moore said to her in Akawar was in the way she treated her is so hard because now we know from Akasif she was just reaffirming everything Nesta was already feeling about herself. Yeah. And, and that is, a, that played a big role in why Nesta then turns around and starts pushing Cassie in a way. Cause like, at first that was very frustrating to me. Like, I'm like, wait, we, I thought we made strides in Akawar. It was like three steps forward, 10 steps back. So I think that some of that was, so all the things that she was already feeling about herself was just reaffirmed by different things happening. But also Nesta was seeing them through her own lens of like, you think you're so much better than me. You did this and this, which is a lot of it was motivated by her own guilt and not stepping up. And then she just kind of like leans into that like self-destructive behavior we see for so much in the beginning of Akasif and becomes like, well, fuck it then. I'm just going to like use you. I'm going to take, I'm going to use all your money. I'm going to do whatever I want. Like I don't give a crap anything. The numbing, you know, what she was doing and stuff. And like, I feel like with that type of internal dialogue and that kind of like level of like self-loathing that she was kind of working through, like you do tend to turn on the people who like have their ish together and like they keep, they do reach out to her and they are trying, but like, to be fair, like Reese does have a lot to protect when it comes to Farah. Nesta has done damage and Farah has been through a lot. And then on top of that, you know, find out she's pregnant and stuff. And like, again, I feel like Reese is like, yeah, I'm going to do, I'll do whatever you want. I'll flip that bill. I'll do all this shit. You want your sister to help get better. Okay. Like I'm on board. Let's do that then. But like, I'm only going to let that go so far. And then when, she, you know, and he has to like, still his main role will always be to do what's right and best for his family. And so I feel like with, you know, there's just so many dynamics to it. Like Nesta's getting better, but like Cassian sees the proof of that. We see the proof of that. But they don't see what what Cassian's seeing every single day, you know. And so, but I do find that I like I like the dynamic of that because the fact that Cassian does get to see it and they don't see it gives Cassian the opportunity to stick up for Nessa, to be the one that believes in her, and it it gives them their opportunity for relation, relational growth. But I, you know, which I think is amazing and so smartly written, of course, and you know, done. But I also feel like we do have to keep in mind a little bit like this is all through Nesta's lens and you're meant to feel those things about them because that's how she feels about them and that again more genius writing I get it and I see it but you like, hate I'm it. a Nesta in my heart and yeah. when I read Akasif I was like Rhysand and Farah are being that couple like that couple that are like everything's mm-hmm. perfect everything's great like and again it's just I identify so much with Nesta But I also recognize you're supposed to feel that way. And two, it is so talented of Sarah J. Mass to go this long and you are ride or die for Farah and Rhysand. Like nothing. And then 
the ability she has to one redeem Nesta the way that she Mm. did and then two present this whole other spotlight with all this three four books you have with them I think she's so talented to like which is that's what I'm saying about with when it comes to like hunt and stuff that scares me a little bit is because she can literally has proven to us over and over and over again through now what is that like I don't even know how many books are in Throne of Glass but so many and then you have all four of these books and then you have the two so like we're at this point we're like looking at 14 books she can make you feel she can make you feel whatever she wants and she does it intentionally and so the fact that we don't feel fully what we maybe should because think about this think about what everybody feels for Rune okay like that's what we should feel for Hunt and we don't I don't think many people do, honestly. I feel like that's a, a very by and large consensus. Like some people might be like, he's hot. I love this. I love the books. I love what's happening. But, but see, I think it's I kind do of, feel that way for Hunt. You you love Hunt as much as Rune? No. Well, maybe. I or like know. Reese, or you know what I mean? Like um, you feel I like think that about Hunt? Hunt is gonna be going back more to like a Rowan type of character. So then I'm like, it's going to be like a slow process. It's going to be, he has so much trauma and like, whatever. I see a lot of Rowan in Hunt. So maybe that's why. Okay. I can see that. But I do think Bryce is like a whole nother female character that we haven't seen recycled. So then then when you play that dynamic, I'm like. Well, and I did feel, I, I mean, I need to do a reread, but I did feel mine. I don't remember what my thoughts when I originally read it but I know what I put in my review was that I felt like Bryce and Hunt were a very watered down microwave version of Rowan and Aelin and but like now that I I haven't done a reread and I just read it that one time so like I don't like I don't remember how I actually felt I just know what I wrote that I felt if that makes sense um, I feel like they could not be together but then whenever she made them go through what they went through in Crescent City number one I'm like they freaking deserve it like they freaking deserve it like I don't know how you end up not being together without one of them dying Mm -hmm. and like them going off like I don't know how that I don't either and that's the thing with Sarah Mass. it's so crazy is like like when it comes like Jennifer Armentrout I feel like I don't fully trust her sometimes with like characters in the sense of like like I think she would do some crazy shit like I think she could kill some character like I, I could see her like I'm not saying she will and this is not a theory nobody go crazy here but like she could kill Kieran and I, I I don't trust her enough to not kill Kieran I'm not saying she will I'm just saying like she could I feel like it's within her so whereas I don't I feel like Sarah would Blood do that Nash when it first came out and I just happened to pick it up right as it was like kind of released and so I immediately joined her Facebook group and I joined her Facebook group from Blood from Blood Nash, and it was very small. And I got to see before it got like really blown up and like crazy. And she was like very very active, and like all the shit that went down with her. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Um, there's one thing about JLA; she always sticks to like she's very much a believer. <laughs> like her and uh, Sarah J. Master are actually really good friends. And it's, they've done like lives together, like all these things. And it's really funny because people will come to JLA and be like, she's going to end up with Kieran and not Castile. Like, what are we going to do? And she's like, who hurt you? And why was it Sarah J. Mass? Because she's a firm believer. And oh like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's where that came from. And she's like, no, I, if you know anything about me, she is a true romantic to the heart and like, she'll do that's happy who it's going to be. 
and she doesn't she doesn't like to like fuck around like that like so well, I that's good that gives me JLA I you do don't not feel safe feel with Sarah J Mass. you shouldn't feel okay this is the thing you shouldn't feel safe with Sarah J Mass. I think maybe what I was getting at was like I don't feel like like I do feel like a death is coming like you said I, I just feel like a death is coming. I'm telling you, like it's, but it's the coming. only deaths we've seen so far. So I thought she was going to kill Ian in the last book and in Crescent city too. There's like a moment where he's like in like an attack or whatever. And like, I thought he was going to die for sure because like you were saying, like I was feeling something coming and he feels like to me, he was my, one of my favorite characters in, in Crescent city too. Um, but he's still a kind of safe I, death in the sense of like, exactly to most people, he'd probably be a safe death. And so I freaked out that was the only time I cried in that book um which I again I think people will feel maybe I am just like maybe I'm projecting a little bit onto like the mass public of like what my feelings are because I know a lot of people feel differently I mean maybe a lot of people love Hunt and Bryce and they feel all the vibes that they feel for like Reese and Farrah and Cassie and Nesta I just don't feel that and so I don't know what to do with that but I feel like with our third series people don't feel that because they've already gone through Throne of Glass and Akatar and what they've known of her so far is that the first love interest never lasts or is like never in game yeah, so I, I don't feel really, like that was already I don't feel that there. way about that. I don't think like for me, I'm not worried about that because Bryce is so much older. She's done a lot. She's hooked up with people. She's done the bar scene. Like I'm not really super worried about Bryce. Like I feel like she did. That makes sense for Feyre and Aelin because they've never been with anybody else. And they had such just limited lives. Whereas like Bryce is like, she's a grown woman. So I'm not so well, worried about to that. to me, because your third series, like you're not going to do it again, right? Like you've done it no, twice. and we had to do it again. Right. And technically we had Connor, but like, she's like hooking up people in bathrooms. Like, I'm really not worried about her. Like, like whether or not Bryce's or Hunt is end gun game. Like, it's not the same to me. So that yeah. part didn't plan for me. For me, it was more just like, I just don't feel Hunt and Bryce's like chemistry the way I do with so many other characters. And like we've been saying, like she can literally make you feel anything and she's a genius. So why don't I feel it then? And maybe I am like just being in this, like, like maybe I put myself in like a protective bubble where like, I don't want, like I'm too afraid or I don't want to, like, I'm not going to go there because of the ball. <laughs> yeah. Like I won't get attached because of all the theories that are, you know, like, I mean, even though I don't go searching. But them, it's also like only about. two books are out. Only two books are out at Crescent City. Which again, just says so much about Sarah J. Mass that we're like, it's only two books when it's like <laughs> so many books still. Um, but also when she writes books that are like a thousand pages each, like it's really no. like four books. <laughs> what is your like crossover hot take? What are your thoughts, feelings there? I mean, crossover feelings. Um, I don't know. I feel like your face I is saying what I feel. That, like they're all going to come together and it's going to be wrapped around what we saw in Akasif with like Koshe and whatever. I think it's, um, I think the Valg are going to come back from Throne of Glass, like in some form or in some way it's, they're not going to be called the Valg, but like, and again, I have not read the second Crescent City. So like bear with me people, but I think like that's going to carry through. I think Amarin's going to come in and play some sort of part. I think Amarin's been kind of like docile over here on the yeah. side for her to be brought up in such a big way in the first like three books of Akatar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her past is going to be played into that, um, like the Asteri or whatever. Um, I've seen a lot of theories with like the Asteri and like Highburn and like all this shit. But again, I don't really, uh, I don't know. Um, I've also seen a theory with like Lorcan and like the death thing 
and like somehow relating to the Asteri. Um, I think the Akasif part where the Valkyrie, um, what's the thing they go through on the mountain? Hmm. Like the trials they go through, whatever it's yeah. called. Uh, there's like a story told where like someone's some some phase on the mountain and like he killed people. People are saying that's going to be Han's dad. Oh yeah, I saw that. But I thought I saw <laughs> um, someone that said that that didn't line up for some reason, like timeline yeah, wise or something. Like, that's the thing. I don't really know. Um, it all is confusing to me. I think it is going to be like the Assyri is going to be different forms throughout Throne of Glass, whether it's the Valg, whether it's an Akatar, whether it's like the old gods. I think all of that, those like big higher power beings are going to converse and that's going to maybe be the crossover. Um, but other than that, I really don't know. I, don't I... know. I definitely don't know. So the only theory that I've ever really like been like, oh dang, was the one you sent me with Koshe and Elaine and the Valg all playing together. And I think I, I maybe latched onto that even more and liked even more because it brings in Throne of Glass, which I like right. that idea of tying that in. Um, for me, I am just like, I, I think my brain is like, I'm not going to get my hopes up because the, there's part of me that's like, oh, I bet it's barely going to be a crossover. Or, like that's my, or I think that's part of my fear is that like, it's going to be like, Hey, here's a sword high five. And then she's out. And like, they're not even a, a big part of it. So like, I'm afraid to get my hopes up for like what you're talking about where it's like this huge, cause here's the thing I love about these three series. Akatar's my favorite, then Throne of Glass, then Crescent City, just the way it plays out right now. But they all don't go, they all feel so different too. I feel like Throne of Glass feels like epic fantasy. I feel like Agatar is like a romanticy. And I feel like Crescent City has like that vibe that you and I like. So Urban much, like, mystery vibe. And the mystery vibe, right? Like you and I like love that. We love like sussing out like how do these things all connect? And you know what I mean? So like, I love that about it. I love that in general. I would love for her to go in that direction where we're like interweaving and connecting and all these things make sense. And it's like mind blowing but I'm afraid to get my hopes up for that and it not be that. And it be something like, like it what I just said, like overwhelms high me five and a crossover. Like she was talking about in a live of like the Marvel, I don't know if you're a Marvel fan, but um, mm-hmm. like the big end of like end game, like the Marvel crossovers. And like, that's kind of, I've seen where like, apparently she said like that kind of brought into like what this crossover would be a part of me like doesn't want it to happen in that big scope because like you said I like having like the series as they are I but mean if she goes big me, but the other part is like, she can pull the damn thing off and it blows my mind here for it but then it all I, has to I feel like I'm just here it's for the confusing ride. yeah and well that's really my true attitude about it is like I just have to let this unfold as it will if I get too hyped up about it to my head about it whatever like we will it's have just to gonna feel like forever and then you'll ruin it yes and we'll be waiting for what feels like an eternity and so we're really we're like also, every two years this cannot be done until early 50s so. i'm gonna be literally in my retirement home in my rocking chair <laughs> and like just and sarah j mass is gonna need to like take some special formula that keeps her alive forever so it's just forever. never ends but i mean i feel like 
I'd be down if it turned into like the big epic crossover, but it confuses me in the sense of like, cause I also, as much as I would love that in like a Crescent city, like that would have to be in a Crescent city book because I want mother trucking Azrael's book unsullied and not contaminated by like, there's so much like that, like there is potentially so much that could go on in his book that like, if we then make his book blend in with a crossover, then like, I feel like we it's just like lose too so much. much. Almost. I'm literally like my brain to handle yeah even Crescent City I think that is part of the problem with Crescent City for me is like throwing a glass is complicated Akatar was more simple but Crescent City takes this shit to a whole new level of like what is happening like I literally feel like I finished the book and was like I don't know anything more than when I started the book when I finished book one I remember vividly being like I loved it in the sense of um what a ride I mean you don't stop yeah. And like, I love, but I was expecting Crescent city to go in the direction of like, we're just going to focus on like the Asteri and, oh my God, what's the devil guy's name? The demon guy's name. Um, oh. starts with an A, whatever, you know, what I'm talking about the cat, yeah. the cat man. Um, I was like, okay, that's going to be the two love interest and like, we'll duel it out again. <laughs> Cause yeah. I, I know what to expect. And to me, it was like, that's where we're going to go with it. And then now I'm just like, I have no fucking clue. I have no clue. And I actually read it. So I am with you in the sense of like, I don't know where it goes from here. I would love, I feel like also if we did that theory that we saw with the Valg and everything. Um, so I keep like referring to it, but to be like a little bit more specific, they think that like the theory basically says, um, what is it that, that Coach J would be, a valve prince was that right koshine was like front our brothers and sisters with striga and the bone collector and then they were saying yeah like he was related to like the valve realm right it was something like that i'm trying to look at it right now um i'll have to look at it but this i like this theory because it kind of brings in Akatar, and then we would get to have what we're um wanting with like seeing where they're all at now like it gives you the potential for that like I would be uh, super into that um I also love these fun theories of like um I saw a TikTok and it was like yeah the crossover is great and all but like wait until you find Cassian and Aelin discover modern day music in Crescent City and it's like them at a club and they're like losing their minds yeah, like, so funny. Totally it's like the perfect personalities for that too like they would be so good together yeah so this theory yeah. basically says that they're likely that these siblings meaning the bone carver Striga and the weaver are siblings in Valg that fell quote-unquote fell into Prithian from another world um they feed on the life forces of others blah, blah blah so they turn their enemies into husks as the vows of throwing a glass do um they have deep black eyes these are all like why people so why this person thinks that they're vowed um but because remember when the pharaoh was in the astragas hut and she cut her or she bashed her face with a brick she bled black blood, which is like what the Valg do. And then oh, he's just talking about how like the Valg like to be inside attractive people. And so it would make sense that like, if he, if Koshe is a Valg prince or whatever, that it would make sense why you put his soul in Elaine because Elaine's the prettiest She's, of the sisters. Yeah. 
and they like to be in like Caltain, they like to be in pretty people. And then like, that's why she's a seer or why she has that ability is because Koshi is a seer and it's his, his whatever essence yes. inside and they her. Were talking about how, how Caltain, wow, we did not even touch on yes. Oh my God. Love that bitch. I hated her, but I loved her. Right. Um, how she did Shadowfire, they were then theorizing that with Elaine, it would be like something with the Starborn power. Yeah. Um, or something. Yeah. It was something like and that. And that Elaine would, that would have to be with Lucian because she's Starborn. So therefore, Lucian is of light powers with fire. So then she would end up with Lucian, like it says. But. Yeah. So, I mean. Evil Elaine, demented Elaine, I'm here for. I mean, it was always my favorite theory. My, my it was my first favorite theory was Evil Elaine, and then my second was Alone Elaine, <laughs> honestly. And like, and then also, um, I was doing this theory about the theory of threes. Like, there's three, uh, three sisters. There's three bad boys. There's theorizing there's gonna be a third mountain, but I think the mountain, quote unquote, is going. The third one is going to be the prison. And then that also ties into that theory how she's getting destroying the prison. Destroying the prison. So is that is the point of destroying the prison would be to free everybody that's inside it? I think because like the cochet, like I I've only read Icasif once, but like remember whenever they went into it and like the things on the wall of like the old gods and like cochet, Mm -hmm. it's like in the walls of the prison. So I think Koshe would want to destroy the prison to like release his world or like release. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and this theory also points out how how Cassian notices Elaine's like been sneaking off somewhere. So there is definitely I mean, things. Elaine is such some shit. Yeah. I mean, obviously like there are things that like, this is a theory. This is the only theory that I've ever got into that we're like, I'm like, I'm into this theory. And it does tie in all three it talks about um i kind of think that like alien and like her realm is just gonna be kind of like a backup thing i don't think it's gonna be like a fully detailed crossover with like the throne of glass people yeah it makes me sad um because i feel like all the og sjm fans would just like freaking lose their marbles you know so, I mean, again, we never know what she's going to do. All I know is that I trust her implicitly in the sense of like, she can make me feel whatever she wants. And so at the end of the day, we're, where we may not like some of the moments, like in the way, like with the throne of glass, you feel like uncomfortable or like even some people, like, I know, like, I didn't really give a shit about Tamlin, but like, I definitely had moments where like going through the throne of glass series where I was like, I can't believe she's leaving Kale, or I'm so sad. Like she doesn't end up with Dorian. He gave her a puppy. Like what the hell, you know, like oh those gosh. things were like you do have moments where you don't like what she does, but then you always end up loving the end result. And so I feel like that's She's a basically the storyteller. I trust her. The moral of the story when it comes to this whole SJM world is she can literally do anything and we're gonna, maybe not like moments of it, but at the end of the day, I feel like we're gonna love the end result. That's the thing. Okay. I read that on Glass, but it was already completed. So then I knew like, I could look at the end of it. I could look back and be like, okay, that all made sense. And with Akatar and Crescent City, we're just here for every book that comes out. We don't- That's, it's a hard thing to, uh, yeah, it's a hard place to be in. And there's definitely like a lack of control in it, especially, and I would imagine like what insane pressure as a writer, like to have like such a wildly popular series, like literally it's like the king of 
bookstagram right well then you bring in the hulu tv series of it all oh god i can't even i can't i'm really scared about that i'm scared she's going to start doing what like a game of thrones did where they didn't finish the series they started the show and then he started writing the books for the show instead of technically like what he may have wanted to do differently yeah well game of thrones lost me when they had that valentine's day massacre situation thing the wedding the red massacre. wedding the red wedding yeah i don't know why i said valentine's day i guess red I don't have know. you I'm never not. finished game of thrones oh i finished it oh thank but god i thought you meant you like stopped there i was like oh my no, god because the no. brother um what's his face rob john snow he was not john snow his brother the oldest one he was just everything yeah rob robert you know? madden yeah Man, oh man. And then I tried to watch The Bodyguard because he's in it and I just can't. I'm like, I like, couldn't oh. get into it either. We tried. And I yeah, was I really like, tried. Sorry. Yeah. It's Drop just not for me. And you're not the same. Yeah, exactly. It's just ruining for me. I did love Jon Snow, but I didn't love the ending. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, really? This is how we're going to do this? Okay, cool. Sounds good. So right, I don't want um, any lasting thoughts. I think we got through it all. I can't possibly imagine what other thoughts. I mean, it, the fact that I have any thoughts left in my head after this, like, whew, we knew that was going to be intense, but man, I think, I mean, we literally covered so literally. much. You, did you tell me what your favorite Throne of Glass book is? My favorite Throne of Glass uh, book is Empire of Storms or really Queen of one. Shadows. It's a really tough tie. Um. Actually, one lasting thought. Yes, please. I have seen this theme within these books. Sarah J. Mass builds up Aelin at the end of the glass. She takes her powers away. We see oh, yeah. Farah. She builds up her powers. She doesn't take Farah's powers away, but like she's like totally useless in this war in Aqua War. Like I don't understand. Um, she does it with Nesta. She literally makes Nesta death incarnate and then nothing happens it really irks me and i don't understand it you would want them to remain super duper powerful i don't understand have a moment like i want to have a moment i don't i don't understand why fair was used as an war, but whatever i can get past it nesta really irks me she literally made her death. No, she made her super. And cool. then nothing. I also have to point out why did she? Why did Nesta? I think Nesta knows something about Elaine, because otherwise, why did she change everybody else's uterus and not Elaine? Because she's she changed die. hers. <laughs> like she's like this bitch cannot procreate. <laughs> like, um, like because she, she changed her, her garden, or she will die. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the losing of the powers, it, it bothered me most. It bothered me more and most with Aelin and Nesta. I think because their personalities are like, I mean, they, their personalities just demand like freaking like rain down fire. And, Aelin, and, it was like, we have been here. She has earned this. Like, let her freaking go. She like, barely had it. I mean, the both of them, they all barely have had their powers for just enough to get through. I think that there has to be, I mean, if I was guessing, because it's all three of them, 
Sarah obviously has some type of theory about it. She's not recycling, oh, the girl loses her powers. There has to be some type of a, like a metaphor or something in it for her. And I don't, I don't know if it's it. like, I don't get it either because here's the other thing, like whatever the metaphor is, I don't know. Like, I feel like there has to be something to it because again, it's Sarah. There has to be something to it for her at least. And I'm like, if I guess maybe it's oh, like they don't need to have these powers. They're incredible on their own. I don't know, whatever it is. That's the moral of the story, whatever. Whatever, whatever it is, it's just another, it's just a film for me. It feels like another like imagery, more imagery of a woman sacrificing herself and her own power for the people around her. And I don't know if that's um, an imagery that as women we need right now, <laughs> like to be the, that level of like self-sacrificing that we're like giving up. We give up literally everything to our core for people around us, which we do. And I think it's great. I think it's a beautiful thing about women that we can be powerful without powers and that we can, we can be that self-sacrificing, give up that much of ourselves and still freaking be badass. I think it's amazing. I just don't know how many times we need it illustrated and for us. Like that's my thing. It's like <laughs> we're here again. We got it. We get the message. We can do all things. But like I also for the same reason why I freaking love the shit out of there going up and blowing up Spring Court and stealing Tamlin's bestie and just piecing out and leaving him in shambles and how good that felt. I just want to see Nesta rain down freaking brimstone and just light shit on fire and blow shit I up. was ready to her like we had that moment where she Nesta came out of the freaking like water of the dead with like the mask and the crown and like death incarnate and even Azrael himself was like shaking in his boots over her yes that's what I wanted to see that's what I want to see yes exactly and it's like what's like Aelin when she goes berserker you know and um when Deanna is kind of like comes inside her and she just like like ignites this whole place on fire I just like that feeling of like that power just feels so good that it's like again it's it's fantasy it's fiction and some of these things I just want to feel I just want to feel it good so I don't I do think that there has to be something to it for her because she keeps writing it. I just don't really know what the thing is. And I don't know if it's like, I, if Bryce loses her powers, I'm going to lose my shit because we finally have like a freaking starborn, like all the things like I but also like <laughs> she's done it three times. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. well, and that's the thing that we just, we talked about with, uh, the boys yeah with with hunt and stuff it's like in the first love thing well she's already done it so maybe she won't do it again you know i just i just can't sarah bryce is Sarah, can you please have mercy on me for a second bryce is just like and she is like the ultimate badass now and she started out as like we're playing it down like she was nothing it's again it's like the a1 thing all over again it's like we've we've done so much work for this. Can we just not, can we not just like get the powers and get control of them just in time to lose them? <laughs> Cause she literally got shit. trained. You know what I want to see? A badass woman lose her shit. That's what I, That's what I want to see. see. I don't want to see her self-sacrifice to the point of losing literally everything, every part of herself. I want her to maintain, I don't know. I get, I get the imagery of like being able to like do that, but I don't need it. I get always, it, but I also time. like want her to be a little reckless. Can it happen? Yeah. Thank you. I was kind of okay. I mean, not like totally okay, but like I feel more satisfied or not satisfied. I feel less upset about Feyre for some reason losing her powers than I do with Nesta and Aelin. I think and it how wasn't much like I would she be. fully lost her powers. She was just, they removed her from the war completely. Like, but like Feyre, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Farrah could have done some shit in that war. Yeah, she didn't lose her power. I know, I know. I didn't mean that. I'm, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Understand the the mindset of sidelining her, especially someone who has refused to be sidelined her entire life. Yeah, I guess she's never experienced war before. But like, well, she did serve in the fact that like she pieced out and went and got like the bone carver and stuff, right? Yeah, true. And he like I don't know. It was like, just different. <sighs> just not the she same. She was too busy doing blowjobs. She was exhausted. Okay. <laughs> she, she needed to stay. Okay, off. when you combine it that way, like you don't get to be part of the war and you're gonna give me a blowjob, like that's definitely not freaking like the imagery that we she need. She was tired. <laughs> she needed the morning off. Okay. <sighs> she yeah, needed so. the morning off. She was exhausted. She had locked jaw. It was a big <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you know what they say about the same males? She probably did have locked jaw. Okay, guys. Well, I think it's all we have for you now that we've kept you here. Um, thank you for listening to us rant. Um, we had so much fun. We finally got to have all of our in-depth chats on SGM. This has been building for so long. I know. But don't worry. We will be back. Uh, while Taylor is out, Lex is my season guest host. We are going to be We're doing going dark. episodes on... The Dark Verse by Runix. I cannot wait. Uh, and we're going to be doing Kids of the District series by Nikki Harris. So we actually started oh. with Kids of the District first. Uh, Lex and I did our first buddy That's read. That's what our, um, yeah, our first buddy read. First buddy read. I hooked her in. And then Lex was like, you've got to read Dark Verse. So I did. And we've been nerding out in our little mafia romance cave that we built for ourselves. Sure have. Things um, have been real dark around here. It's been fantastic, and we cannot yep. wait to talk to you about these two series. So if you haven't read them, you should go read them because coming up, we will be doing these two series. Um, and yeah, if you enjoy this episode, please be sure to rate and review. Also, subscribe and follow on your preferred listening platform so you never miss an episode. Uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks, and in the meantime, be sure to follow us on social media. At Let's Talk About Smut Podcast and Lex Kelly at The Well Read Lex. I think that's all we have for you. Thank you so much for having me. This is very oh my fun. gosh. Thanks for guest hosting. I'm so <laughs> excited for our next episode together. Woo! You did okay. so good, Lex. Thank you. So good. Uh, that was very fun. All right. Everyone have a great weekend and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.